trophies on the gate, you know what I mean? I've seen her, you know, getting in that top four. Oh, yeah. Be marvellous, wouldn't it? Be a marvellous achievement. Cut four trophies, 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 cut four trophies. Good evening and welcome back to another episode of the Top Four Trophy. I'm joined as always with the esteemed Yoni Chitiat, James Collins, and of course James Doffman. Welcome back, gentlemen. Boys, how are we? It's great to be back. Collins, you uh, you sound very, very disappointed. I'm a bit depleted from from that game, I have to say. Please tell to... tell us why. <laughs> you're loving this. You're injecting every single element it's, it's, of it it's, into it's your veins. Directly. I mean, you Inject. spent the majority of the day while I'm trying to be productive at work, <laughs> messaging me, messaging our WhatsApp group. And I'm trying to get on with work here. And you're sitting there, sort of, so fascinated at the the uh, the point that you're gonna you're gonna go above Spurs, which is just so impressive to you. And you message suddenly, and then suddenly <laughs> you message the WhatsApp group after five minutes when Pepe scored. I wasn't watching; I was deep in Verdansk at the time. And you message the WhatsApp group, and you get all Larry, and then. David Luiz does a David Luiz. David Luiz does a David Luiz in, in true David Luiz style. <laughs> um, you know, the, the bloke's either man of the match or gets a red card and, and ruins everything. But, I mean, look, put it into context, we, we've had the second best run out of any team. Yeah, a recent run of form <laughs> in the league after City. Put it in context, it's not the end of the world. We're obviously, you know, things got so low for Arsenal this season. Uh, you know, at a point that if you said we are where we are now, I'd absolutely have taken it. Um, Put it in context, you're 10th in the league, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, so, I, I, I'm not one to speak. It's obviously, very, it's obviously very it's tight, the top 10. We, 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 all I'm going to say is we're joint something. I don't know. The top 10 like trophy is becoming very quickly. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Listen, listen. I, I'm not saying we can. I'm not saying that we will get top four, but it, it's actually something you can't rule out at this point of the season. I know it's unbelievable to say, and obviously, I, if I was to make a bet, I would say you know I'd, I'm more likely to bet on top six than top four. Of course, top six is probably what we're actually fighting for. But the fact is, we we you know we were close to closing the gap. Unfortunately, things didn't go our way. Craig Pawson existed. That was a big mistake. And, and everything know, that could have gone wrong went wrong. And, and everything Arsenal that could have gone went wrong. Collapsed. Listen, we, we, we started extremely well, very positively. You know, we're seeing some partnerships growing. Jacques and Party are actually very, uh, there's, there's great communication between them. Um, you know, you're seeing these little partnerships develop, uh, Smith Rowe and Saka, and there's, there's a lot to be excited about. But okay, okay, okay. But let's get lots whenever. Tonight, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about two key moments in the game. Now, everyone's bored to the back teeth of talking about VAR. Was it, wasn't it a red card, David Luiz, whatever? Right, fine. Something that can't be disputed was Leno. Now, Leno, probably one of your best players this season, correct? Most consistent, absolutely. Most consistent, extremely experienced, played on the big stage internationally. What is he doing coming out about eight metres outside of his 18-yard box. Listen, it's a complete mess. handling the ball. 
I, you know, everyone's capable of just complete and utter brain farts. And I'm afraid that was one of them. Uh, I wouldn't say at a pivotal time of, in the game because I didn't think we were getting that back. But it was, you know, it wasn't. It, it was, wasn't it was an absolute moment of madness. I mean, he's punched the ball out of play. Yeah, look, it'll be one, it'll be one game. And hopefully, uh, you know, we, we just brought in a reserve keeper because Runa Runison is not very good, even though he made a couple of saves tonight. We brought in a reserve keeper, Matt Ryan, and he's injured, which is unbelievable. So Matty Ryan. Should be out for one game. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I mean there's not really much I can say on that, except it was pretty mental. Tonight's, tonight's Barclays, you've got, on the one hand, a classic Arsenal injection where they start the game <laughs> so, <laughs> so promisingly. We only laugh because yeah, okay. it's... The, it's the same story every week. They start the game so promisingly, and then all, all of a sudden, uh, David Luiz does a David Luiz, and then Leno. I mean, it was just. Um, but credit to. Um, he just looks like a clown, just you know, when he's walking off, just all wet, and his hair. He's just a clown, and he's with his with his sweatbands on both hands. With the, it's just, it's so comical the way he just sort of mopes off, and then and then the best was BT Sport panning to him about 88 minutes. I think he'd suddenly. He'd found like a peeking through a window. He'd found found a a cubby, a little cubby. I think it might have been in a in a Wolves fan's box, and he was just poking his head out of the out of the window, which is just. I mean, that is pure injection right there. (laughs) Memes. He really, he he really is one of those players that that can can make or break a game. You know, he's uh. He, he he's a title he's a title winner he's won the Premier League actually David Luiz with and the uh, FA Cup for Arsenal don't forget that but uh, he he always did have a uh, a shocking moment he's he's, show, he's, show, he's shown up in some very big games for us for sure I feel like with him there's just the extreme and similar to well I wouldn't say it's Aurier hasn't achieved the same as what David Luiz has but in terms of Aurier for us is either like plays unbelievably defensively solid or just like you saw against Leicester just like just you don't understand how they can sort of their thought process and what goes through them I know David Luiz it was a bit unfortunate that he was sent off tonight but I feel like that happens so often with him it does happen it does happen I can't I can't blame it all on that And, and over to um another historic moment in the Barclays history really in the history books over to the theatre of dreams where doesn't sound very historic well I won't brag but you know Manchester United nine Southampton nil has didn't they do that didn't they do that last season they may or may not have done James but the point is we execute and you uh you you fool you fool when you listen you you got you got gifted gifted with one of the worst tackles I've ever seen in my entire life and McTominay was somehow on skate it's not a gift it is a gift. It is a gift. It's a two-minute ending off. It's a gift. Well, I know, you, know, I know. you can't be stupid. You get an opportunity. You're a young, young player on your has debut. Tummy, has a little tummy ache. Paul Scott had a tummy <laughs> ache on the, on the weekend against Arsenal, which was also, by the Back way, an, an incredibly boring yeah, and unfulfilling game. But more than made up for tonight with an absolute routing. And yes, OK, there's plenty of there's plenty of instances you can see, especially this season without fans. And it seems to be a, a trend at Old Trafford. The team that gets a red card goes on to get absolutely schmiced. Spurs beat a 6-1 in the beginning of the season. Yeah, so I was going to mention yeah. that, actually, funny Yeah, enough. same. That was a little yeah, what's gift the difference? Well. You sort of just... Uh, I have to say, I, so, some, I have some brought things... that up on previous podcasts and you sort of say, you know, Lamella cheated and the only reason why you won by that amount. But who... 
who cares about tonight? It's just three points at the end of the day. It's just three points and nine goals for Manchester United. So, so we who, won't dwell who, on it. Who go joint top again? Well, we are joint top, no. of course. We are back to our rightful position as joint top. Um, City have two games in hand, so it's obviously an artificial lead. But it's one that we take because, as, as uh, Doff once famously said earlier in the season, it's all about the points on the board, not the games in hand. So uh, those, those points are on the board now. Very wise words. Very wise words. But, uh, but spectacular football all round in the Barclays tonight. And a special mention, of course, to Joao Moutinho's strike, which is probably a <laughs> contender for goal of the season. Absolutely picked that one out. I actually think Pepe's goal was better. But you do your, you do your thing, mate. You would say that, though. Um, but anyhow, so we, we move from uh, the most topical of, of uh, conversations about the Barclays to one that's more contextual in that James Doffman, who obviously, as you know, the biggest Spurs fan in Finchley, North London, but obviously the Spurs representative in our group, has been a big fan of Jose Mourinho. And he has claimed several times this season already that Jose is going to bring trophies to White Hart Lane Unfortunately, Doff had a change of heart on the weekend um, where he said, <laughs> where he said, and I, and I think if I read out this quote directly, he says, he says, I admit it. I am Jose out. Doff, are you Jose out? What? That is sort of putting a man on the spot beyond belief. Um, I was obviously very upset after our... Um, result against Brighton it was very disappointing and I couldn't quite believe how the players were playing and I thought sort of he might have lost lost the dressing room just because I saw players weren't running for him and it was just a very very strange game there were incidents where Ben White or Lewis Dunk just run through with the ball sort of from their defensive half all the way to the edge of the box it was just very very strange evening we never looked like we were going to get going and I just feel like obviously once the manager loses the dressing room or in my opinion has or might have done then it's it's very difficult Where, to recover wh- from that. What are, we, what are we basing losing the dressing room off? I think both you Duff and uh, Collins have been a, uh, you know a bit a bit hard on your on your teams tonight uh, an away fixture at Brighton is not always a good place to go they're one of those teams in the prem that can turn up on their day they haven't, and, won, they haven't won a game all season like it uh, they, they play season. good football they look dangerous going forward they they've got an edge to them we've had over the years uh losses at the amex i remember that yak free uh bicycle kick uh in the 90th minute which was uh an amazing goal granted kefa was was the keeper that day very different but, can, I, can i give you can i give you a quote from in respect to Tottenham uh, to our yeah, I want to know who who said you lost the dressing room. Where did that come from? Well, I, I can't really say where that's come from. Probably my own head. Are you listening to the Twitter like, Twitter news again? The, the Twitter. I was quite emotional after that game, but I've had time to reflect. And there's so many different uh, factors that come into play why Spurs have always got so close and why they never achieve. Whether it's Daniel Levy's promises and failing to deliver on that sort of on that spending front, he does in some respects, but he never really crosses that threshold. Um, whether the manager at the moment, his tactics have been quite strange, especially going from four at the back, where we look so solid against uh, City, uh, United, sorry, City, Arsenal and Chelsea. 
But it, it, there's a lot of factors that come into play with Spurs. Maybe an over-reliance on Son and Kane at the moment to, to provide those goals. But I just want to give you a quote from our former manager, Pochettino. When you talk about Tottenham, everyone says you have an amazing house, but you need to put in the furniture. Now it's about creating another chapter and to have the clear idea of how we are going to build that new project. We need to rebuild. It's going to be painful. And this was probably about six to nine months before Pochettino left his position. And now it rings true. It's going to be a painful rebuild. I don't know what's going to happen with the likes of Son and Kane, whether they're going to be around sort of to, to bear fruit. But it's very, it's very strange at the moment. But we're definitely relying too heavily on them. Listen, I think, you know, if, if, if Spurs are really serious about the rebuild, they, if they can get, you know, 150, 200 million plus for Son and Kane, they do it. Mm -hmm. a, re a rebuild, a rebuild is, is investing in the future and Son and Kane, you know, some of the best attacking players in, in the league. They are... You can't you know, sell then, both, they're, surely. And, listen, they're not in that, they're not in the no. right age profile, they're not in the right age profile to, you know... To Kane's start, coming into his farm, I know he gets injured, but... I wouldn't say we need to start a rebuild. We just need to find a balance. And we have sort of such an extreme Kane, Son. Uh, I feel like Ndombele is getting to a very high level at the moment. And then it just drops down to sort of players that, that shouldn't be wearing the, the club's shirts. You like Oreo, Winks, um, Kosoko is probably not good enough. Toby's too old now. Davis is like probably inadequate. There's so many of those sorts of players which is sort of what I was seeing at the end of the January transfer window with Arsenal. They managed to sort of get rid of a bit of Deadwood. We we need to. Lamella's been there for too long. Lucas has been there for too long. He's obviously he's a he's a hero for what he did in Ajax. But you're playing just, you're playing you're playing a lot of these players. So you can't really get rid of them at this point. I don't think you've yeah, got yeah. Some of them are. Yeah, I don't, you don't have the your, your your young players coming through. So is there an issue with the academy, or is there, or, or is you know is Levy just not buying the right you know, pro age profile. Levy, Levy's, it's very difficult because Levy, we're linked with Bruno Fernandes. We get Jedson Fernandes. We're linked with uh, Skrinar from Inter Milan. We get Rodon. Like, I don't mind that we get Rodon because I think he's a young player from the championship and could develop into a good player. He's looked good so far. But it's never... Like, we could have got Dybala. We didn't want to pay the, the fees for, I don't know, for him to get his fucking selfie on twitter or something like that so i don't know but it's just it's never yeah, these, that these are, the these are the decisions that, that make or break a season in my opinion if you can well, get those world beaters it's it's interesting because we can talk about players um and players are obviously fundamental but it's also about the manager and this you know this conversation starts off with you know doff as a spurs fan are you jose out now we, myself and Yoni, at, at our respective clubs, have had experience under Jose. And I'll read you a quote that Jose said directly after the Brighton game. He said, when you were too sad, you have no energy, enthusiasm or confidence. And that was what my team showed in the first half. They feel too much the absence of a player like Harry. But if we look at the first half of that quote, he mentions the word sad, a lack of energy, enthusiasm and confidence. Now, that's his job. That's his job. I was going to say my biggest issue with Jose Mourinho, because we all know why he's been successful and what his strengths are okay my biggest issue with jose is when he wins using the tactics that he deploys it's all about him he is the special one when his team loses using the tactics he deploys 
it's all about them. He blames a lack of confidence in the team. My team showed a lack of energy. My team showed a lack of enthusiasm. Now, we know that Jose likes to apply huge pressure to his squad of players. He has a small squad. He barely rotates and he squeezes those players. And the reason he ultimately ends up staying at these clubs for maybe three seasons on a cycle is because usually he squeezes that pressure, relies on individual brilliance and a work rate throughout the team where you feed the individual brilliance off the back of hard work, shutting out the opposition, which is why, by the way, and this is no disrespect, Spurs have won a a few big games this season with such low XG, so expected goals, okay? Once the players lack the desire any longer to continue to buy into this quite turgid philosophy, which is extremely strenuous for them and not very rewarding because as players, let's be real, they can't really go out there and just express themselves because they're in a very, very rigid system. It's very difficult to continue bringing the dressing room with you. And then when he starts throwing the players under the bus as well, which he did all through his career, he did it with, you know, players like Luke Shaw at Old Trafford. He's done it now with players like Aurier at, at Spurs. Yeah, as well. Exactly. You start to upset the dressing room. And these days, you you really, really struggle to retain your position if you if you upset the, the dressing room like that, I think. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. He's got his process and it has worked at clubs. He's won trophies everywhere he's been. It's just a difficult one. You've just got to suck it up. I think he's quite lucky at the moment that fans aren't in the stadium, whether they'd be cheering Deli Ali's name and singing his song or potentially booing the team off at the end of the game. And, you know, it's a very tight ground at the new Spurs stadium. So he'd definitely be feeling a bit more fresher if there were fans there. But you saw from the documentary, Daniel Levy's in awe of him. But Daniel Levy just needs to back him now. And and Jose is a demanding manager. And I feel like he's got to play Deli Alley now. He's got to give him a run in the team. Sort of, I know he wanted to go to PSG. Look, honestly, worst case, by giving him a run in the team, if he plays well, worst case is uh, his, transfer, his, uh, his transfer cost goes up. And uh, yeah, the, the more money you can get, and the more you can spend, and the more he's you can build the team. Jose wants to goals. Come on, like. yeah, yeah. Look, I, you know, if you asked me two years ago, I'd say he's worth well over a hundred million. I wouldn't say that now. No, hopefully we don't sell so it. You, look, I, Arsenal are very guilty of this as well, diminishing the the value. You know, if 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 if, if we decide not to go forward with a player and don't play them, we're just diminishing the value of them. So when you try and sell them on. It's, uh, it's even more detrimental. Yeah, but, you know, not, not in a in a comical way. Doff has always throughout this season in our WhatsApp group, any time that Frank, who was at Chelsea, Oli at United or Arteta at Arsenal, any time we lost or drew, Doff would be in the chat straight away and he would say, you know, where does Ole go from here? Or where does Mikel oh, go from here? Today, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, big, big time. Snitches get stuck. <laughs> So I'm snitching. I'm snitching. I'm snitching. But I guess I guess the real question is the real question is now, Doff, genuinely, no jokes here. Where does Jose go from here in the sense of obviously Kane <laughs> Kane is injured and he might be out for a couple more weeks. You've got some some tough fixtures coming up. Big game on Thursday. Very Chelsea, big game. Yeah, Chelsea on Thursday. What does, what does Jose do? Tommy Tuchas. Tucci Tuchel. Um what does Jose do? He's got a big game on Thursday, which will, well, if we lose that, the fans, the, the Twitter fans, the 
sorry, the fans on Twitter will literally be going absolutely mental. So fans on Twitter, the only fans you can see these days. Exactly. That's why that's where Collins forms most of his uh, opinions on Arsenal is actually Twitter. I'm not sitting there reading the back pages of the Times Sports. I'm sure you are. There's not many other places to digest. It's a great educational platform. Where does Jose go from here? Uh, he's got a big week at Spurs. He needs to get a result against Chelsea and he needs to get a result against West Brom. We know that uh, two or three wins in a row can change the narrative at a club and put you in a different uh, different position in the league. And whether we won on against Brighton, we I know we didn't, but could have put us within touching distance of Liverpool. I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it, I feel like Daniel Levy's sort of in awe of him and he's definitely going to sort of stick with him and, and play out the season and see where it goes. Fair enough. And and Yoni, very briefly, Thomas Tuchel's first week in charge. How have you uh, how have you rated his impact? Uh, so far, so good. Two clean sheets. Uh, we looked like we were lacking confidence um, in the first game. Obviously, after Lampard left, uh, there was a bit of a you know you know pick ourselves up, dust dust ourselves off, and, and go again. Slow game against Wolves and then Burnley, uh, very good result, very good performance. Um, more of the same, you know. Uh, but at least it's crazy. You, at least you got a passing montage out of the first game. I think it was your Twitter admin must have put a, a video on Twitter. I think Chelsea made uh, something oh, that's like so embarrassing. 45 <laughs> passes successfully with without a shot on target, but at least you had 45 passes. Listen, I watched well, that. You know what I think of Twitter, mate. Even final product. <laughs> you know what I think of Twitter. Nothing you know happens. I think of it. Gracht. No, but um, <laughs> we made we made the passes. We didn't win the game. What do you want me to say? It's a stupid video. Who cares about how many passes? I don't, I don't know. Um, oh. we, we feel re-energized. We feel revitalized. It's a crazy year. Managers getting shade thrown at them left, right, and center. The special one suddenly is looking not so special. And uh, question marks are raised, have been raised throughout the year about Arteta and about Oli. But we continue. We continue to to drive the new car, not the Ferrari. We're 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 in the uh, we're in the German BMW now. Hopefully, we can charge for the the top four top four trip top four trophy. They want Barclays. Everyone wants Barclays. Well, boys, uh, a few more questions from some of our most loyal listeners. So shout out to them. Uh, they've sent in some some very interesting questions. So I'll kick us off. Um, question from Jack in Stanmore again. So Jack is a very loyal listener. Um, big fan of the pod. So shout out Jack from Stanmore. Shout out Jack. Um, question from Jack is how can VAR get so many fundamental decisions wrong? For example, the decision to disallow United's goal against Sheffield United was a fundamentally wrong decision. They've got a few other decisions wrong this this season. So, boys, let's discuss VAR. No. We're we're not for VAR? Or we're not for Jack? I don't want to discuss it. Why? No, don't be rude to Jack. He's, he's, Jack <laughs> listens every week and he's taken the time to write us I'm in. Jack. No, as, no. as fans who attend games, 
it just sucks the living hell out of me because I look every time you know you used to go out when you used to celebrate goals you used to quickly glance over to the linesman or lineswoman shout out Sean Massey Ellis (laughs) big up Sean Massey you don't know Go on. <laughs> and then you'd celebrate. It'd be limbs. But now you just <laughs> in the back of your mind. Yeah, it does diminish it's limbs. Always there. It's always there. And what is the point if you celebrate a last minute goal away from home? If you end up, if it ends yeah. up counting, absolutely. Right, but if I'll it's speak, but some, if it's a mile it. offside and it should have been offside, then it's good that the VAR caught it the, and the linesman the, didn't see it. It's the fake once. It's the, it's the, sh- uh, the short sleeve shirt versus the long sleeve shirt. You're going to have players rolling up their sleeves now. You saw Shea Adams' goal tonight. I know it was 4-0 at the time. You saw Danny Ng's goal the other day. It's it's ridiculous. Like, wh- where are you going to have to draw the line? I, I, think it, I, think it just needs, I think it just needs modification. Listen, first of all, I want to say I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jack. Um... I didn't mean to swear. I'm obviously a little bit sensitive from the uh, from the Arsenal loss, and uh, you know, no hard feelings. I'm 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 glad you're a fan of the show, and big shout out to you, Jack. I'm sorry. Um, what I'm going to say on VAR is number one. Okay, stupid point of the evening, maybe one of many, because I'm in that mood. But number one, with VAR, we win the Champions League in 2006. <laughs> That's number one. Okay. What is that? Oh, that is just the most dumb. <laughs> listen, 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 I've said it. We I also might win the Champions League. I know, sorry, there was VAR. There was VAR, my friend. Sorry, not, to, not, interrupt you, not to interrupt you, Collins, but Doff, didn't VAR send you to the Champions League final against Ooh. Man very, very fair point. Very fair point. And he's still crying about it. Right? And that was big, big limbs. Listen, it, it does it does diminish limbs, but honestly, there have just been some decisions that in the moment, uh, they just look so wrong. Look, I, I think I, it's, a, it's a difficult one. I, even now, sometimes you see a goal and you know absolutely it's not going to get very hard. You know, m- majority of goals, you know, are clean. There's no, there are no issues with. I celebrated Son's goal against Liverpool. I'm not afraid to admit it. I celebrated that goal. Me and my brother and my dad, we hugged. Yeah, listen, it's part part of the game. I think I might do my dad kiss on the cheek as well. (laughs) We can't, we can't reverse it. I, I, I know a lot of people hate it, but at the end of the day, there are just there are moments where I'm like, thank God for VAR because that was such an obvious mistake from the referee. And that's the thing; it needs modification. With enough modification, yeah. that it's only that been there for two years. In ten, fifteen years, it will be it will be flawless, I believe. But where's but the modification? Because it's so black. Well, the modification. First of all, I think I first of all I think they should give the benefit of doubt to the attackers. At the end of the day, we want to inject Barclays. We want to see more goals. And it, you know, to to say that oh his armpit was offside. It's nonsense. Look, if it should be, it's so simple. If any of the attacker's body is onside, that should be onside. And then there's no issue. You draw the lines out. Oh, part of his body is onside. It's a goal. That's how it should work. No, you it's can't do that, Collins. No. If somebody has a whole stride of their of their leg, you think about how fast a Premier League player can yeah. sprint. If somebody okay. has a whole foot or two a head start, especially you look at Marcus Rashford tonight. You give him one foot of head start, 
Then, he's getting going to be better as a defender. No. Listen, at the end of the day, both 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 teams in each game, both teams are going to have the same you know disadvantage if that's what you're going to call it. Like the, the, these rules were made for a reason in the first place, but I think there there is yeah there offside offside is a good rule. Offside keeps the game fair. It is a, it is a good rule. VAR, a good rule. you can you can change it by half a yard, can't you? Why well, you start then it, then it, already. it drops it back even more. So like oh he was hot, like more than half a yard, less than half a yard. The only way you can keep it sort of the correct decision is by doing the armpit uh, lines, and <laughs> it's ridiculous. But that's if they want to have VAR in the game, well, that's what, the way they're going to have to do it. Yeah, what I'm saying is that again, they they, they favour the defence, don't they, in a VAR decision? They're no. saying that if no. uh, if any of the they measure they measure the line. They measure it based on the current offside rule, which is that no part of your body that you can play the ball with legally can be in front of the last defender. It's not favouring the defender. It's just the offside rule. They're just making sure it hasn't been broken. But some of them have been a bit ridiculous. You have to some say them have been some absurd. Of them have been and that, like that, that, a fingernail or a toenail offside, like like it's a millimetre. Yeah, Cut your toenails, Yoni. I mean, no, they, 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 this is why you this must. Is why, uh... This is why you should give the strikers the benefit of the doubt. We want to see more goals at the end of the day. I feel like we could go in circles and talk. Yes, about I think are. next question. So next let's question. just take a moment to thank Jack from Stanmore. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Sorry for for being rude. <laughs> so the, the next question of the evening i think is is appropriate here this is this is coming actually from international waters so can we have a big shout out to my cousin noah noah in ranana israel big up noah Hello, Hello, noah. Big up. Hello, international noah. fan base the top four trophy international on tour he's asked boys what is your club's biggest banter era and who has been the biggest deadwood in that era you must read it again with Israeli accent. <laughs> Listen, we we are we invented the banter era because I think we coined it. I think the Arsenal fan base coined the banter era, and uh, little did we know that our banter era was continue, you know, continuously winning the top four trophy year after year, and that's what we called the banter era. Imagine the banter era, Arsenal fans. I mean, like me, <laughs> I don't have to imagine. No, you know, thinking this is the banter, you know, back then was the banter era. Now, what's what's now? Yeah, but it, it poses the debate, Collins. <laughs> you talk about getting top four. You talk about getting top four. You used to play Bayern Munich in the Champions League and lose 10-2 on aggregate. Yeah, we did that last okay, year. Okay, listen. Yeah, <laughs> we got, we Bayern got Munich are a different gear, mate. I, I think... A lot of our clubs, most of our clubs are very happy. I think all of our clubs are very happy taking top four and saying thank you very much. United, uh, you know, United didn't even get past the group stages this time. But you're still glad to have been in the competition. This is true. This is true. I think Banter era definitely dominated by Arsenal over the last few years. I have to say for United, it was an all-time low when we signed Fellaini on deadline day. I think that kick-started our modern Banter era. And oh my God, hoofing it up to Fellaini is is the anti Barclays. It's anti Barclays. Yeah, he, he was a factor. Wasn't that a Jose tactic? I have to say, David Moyes is actually a, quite a class manager. He's been phenomenal for West Ham this season. I haven't really given them enough credit. For sure, agreed. He has. Shout out David Moyes. Yeah, shout out. He 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 would Moyes have just there. finished his six-year contract at United last summer if he had stayed. 
<laughs> wow. Well, the job. You, what? The technicality you, of a legend. Josh, would you take yeah. Suchak? What did he say? Would you take Suchak? As your new yeah, Fellaini. He is Fellaini 2.0. He's he is good, but he is Fellaini He's 2. a bagsman. <laughs> Look, I know we all I know we all laugh. I know we all laugh, call him a PE teacher, even though he's joint top. But uh <laughs> you know what watching watching United as inconsistent as we might be, play football these days, and then remembering what it used to be like when I saw Fellaini's name on the team sheet or used to watch nil-nil draws at Old Trafford under Van Gaal with no shots on target. Come a long way since that banter era, boys, have to say. It's refreshing. Wow. Mr. Yeah. PE teacher. I'd like Nine to I'd like to reference uh, my club banter era years and as I like to call them the sugar years and that is when we were owned by Lord Sir Alan Sugar whatever he's called Um, uh, from 1991 to 2001 we had some um, terrible players in that period Um, I'm actually just looking at our 2000 2001 squad and actually I could go through the squad and one after one they are just so bad uh, Mauricio Tarico Les oh no actually Les Ferdinand was good Gary Doherty Neil Sullivan Sergio Rebrov uh, Matthew Etherington uh, Luke Young Ben Thatcher are just just terrible terrible footballers and and that's what I grew up on actually that's that's what made me fall in love with the club, and obviously Val, who shall not be named, um, and obviously Ledley King. What the best, the best thing, you know, the best English captain of all time. No, no, Val, Val, who shall not ever be <laughs> named. Wow. So, Doc, genuine, genuine question: If that's what you grew up on, which is the stark opposite to me winning back-to-back Premier League trophies every year, how did you stay so die-hard committed to the, to the Spurs? Because, Josh, I feel like the answer is simple. Um, I support my local club and I d- I'm not a glory hunter. So, I mean, that, oh, is, my, that, is, that is my straight up answer. Wow, touche. I walked into that one. You I did. walked into it. Shout out Wingate and Finchley. Shout out Wingate and Finchley. Great club. I just want to put it out there to the listeners. I also attended the odd Barnet FC game uh from time to time alongside my Manchester United season ticket so thanks the, the local, local fan, local I, I want to know I want to know what Josh don't to... apologise for your don't apologise for your glory hunter status bro own it Fine, own fine. it <laughs> be like I <laughs> am the glory hunter oh speaking the of speaking glory of, hunter Yoni, speaking of glory hunter your banter is every year before 2005 <laughs> Nah, I don't even know if we have a banter year. I mean, we had it was yeah, a your banter era was from the year you were established to the year that Roman Abramovich took over your club. Wow, it's a very long era in that case. <laughs> the longest banter era in the history of banter eras, maybe almost as long as Man City. Almost as long as Man City. <laughs> All right, who's got the next question? Is it me? I think it, I think you've got one. Right. Unless Jack from Stanmore sent in another question. You think I've got one? Oh, Jack from Stanmore. I really hope he's not plotting my murder right now. I've got one. I've got one. Oh, wow. Jan Zim. Straight in there with the interception. Do you want to go first? No, no. You go. You go. All right. I've got a question from Tom in Mill Hill. Um, <laughs> thank you, Tom, for your question. Uh, so... Um, 
Tom said there's been a lot of talk uh, about rebuilding at Spurs this week. Um, and earlier on the pod today, it's actually quite relevant this question because earlier on the pod today we spoke about um, maybe Son, Kane, where did Jose go from here, who stays, who goes. The question is, um, how far do you agree that to be a top, top side, you need to hang on to your best players at all costs? I disagree. You disagree? And I, think, I think the best case for that is um, I think the best case for that is Liverpool. When they got rid of uh, Coutinho at the time, they, he was their only play, He was the only player for Liverpool who was um, at the you know at a top top Premier League level, uh, you know winning Premier League level, and they got rid of him. And at the time, we thought that that's it, Liverpool finished. But they recruited smart with the money. Uh, Coutinho turned out to be quite a flop compared to some of their you know Liverpool's new signings, and you know they've won the Champions League and Premier League back to back. That's the True, but they still during that era they still had to keep hold of um, some key players. You no, know? they, when they got rid of Coutinho in that time, they had you know they kept Gerrard throughout his career. They had Suarez for kind of his prime years before he went to. Yeah, Barca. but these te- the, yeah, but these teams didn't win. Okay, Gerrard, of course, you know over the years that was a long time ago. If we're talking about modern football, the the the, the rate at which some of these youth players are being churned out. From these absolutely class individuals, um, you know, there's always if you can get a really good price, a, a, a way above market price, especially during COVID times for a player, I think you sell them. But Liverpool uh, have had the same. I, the Liverpool have had the same squad for almost three years now, and they haven't saw. It looks yeah, like Wijnaldum might leave. Squad, they had to, you know, they had to. If, if they had big offers for players, they'd sell. In order to build that, I think with Coutinho, Coutinho was a rare example and a brilliant example of we we forget sometimes as fans of our club that the, the football club is a business as well, and that's the most unbelievable execution of football business I've ever seen transfer wise. You know, Coutinho bought for eight point five mil, five years later sold for what one hundred and forty five, hundred and fifty mil. So wow. you know was the return. The price tag? Yeah. yeah. So the return on that wow. firstly and. You know, you aren't, go back to the question, do you need to keep hold of your best players? You know, every player has a price. And then obviously the ability, as, as Colin said, to redistribute that, that money back into the team and, and possibly build a better uh, and more future-proof team, you know, that's extre- extremely important. And therefore, do you have to sell players at the, almost the peak of their powers to be able to do that and recycle that money back into the side? There's an, there's an argument for it. Uh, Liverpool executed it brilliantly well. But then again, you look at cases like United in 2009, we sold Cristiano Ronaldo for £80 million to Real Madrid. We invested that money poorly and we only, we had to rely on Fergie. Similar to us with Bale. Yeah. The only player of note was Ericsson and he's gone now. Um, We've had to do it recently with with, uh, Hazard as well. And now we've had to rebuild. So I get what you're saying. You can do it in a smart way and, and boost your squad. But you never get, like, what I'm trying to say is you never get the bigger clubs, like the Barca's, the Juve's, the Milan's, I don't know, like, release their their best players. Normally, they release them once they're past their peak, you know, not, like, whilst they're in their peak. Yeah, but right now, all of, you know, many of these European teams are getting, uh, are getting done by Premier League sides who, who might be 
you know, might be selling their top players. So, look, it's 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 a club by club basis, and it's it's a uh, player by player basis. So it's, it's hard For to sure. answer. And it's and it's it's strategy led. You look, you look at Ajax; they produce players to sell. So therefore, by default, they sell their best players every single what cycle, two three years. They use that money to invest back into the business and back into the team, and they grow more players from the grassroots. Yeah, I, I, it works I, I for them. It's about it's about finding a balance, I think. But the question was actually, to be fair, to be a top team, and actually, I I agree. If you want to be a top team, fundamentally, you have to keep your best players. You have to improve the squad with better players as well. Um, Tough, yeah, and, 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 build, and build something, you know. Unless you've got, unless you're Chelsea, you can spend two hundred. Three or, or United, who can spend 300 million in a transfer uh, window, then it's going to take time to build these things. And that's exactly what Liverpool have done. And that's why I think it's uh, quite inspirational. I, I do agree with you. I mean, speaking from my perspective, losing Kane or Son would be an absolute disaster. So it does depend what type of club you are and whether you can add funds and reinvest the money. But in sort of my club, I don't want to be losing my best players. Definitely not. And as always, we hope you enjoyed that, ladies and gents. Those were the views of Yoni Chitiat and James Doffman and the Gracht of James Collins. Thank you very, very much for joining us on this week's episode of the Top 4 Trophy. We will be back same time next week to talk all things football and even more for us. Thank you very much. Good night. The Top 4 Trophy's on again. You know what I mean? You know, you know, getting in that top four for a cheer. Be marvellous, wouldn't it? Be a marvellous achievement. Cut four trophy, 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 cut four troph